Handle on the News. Handle on the News! One of the things I said, I fired Bill Handel. Well, I turned out to do the right thing because you look at all of the things that he's done and the lies. Turned out I did the right thing. And now, here's Bill Handel. Yeah, it's Tuesday already, April uh, the 10th. Uh, let's say hello to one and all. Uh, there's Jennifer Jones Lee. Good morning. Hi, Handles. And yes, hello, uh, Wayne Resnick. Good morning. Uh, Alex. Good morning. Uh, what is your last name again? How many times have you told oh, me that? Oh, my goodness. God. Razzo. Razzo, yeah. This is the fifth. We're going to keep score. I know. There's a new gal at my office, and she's the new gal. She was introduced <laughs> to me, but she'll be. You call her the new gal? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Hey, absolutely. Hey, new gal, come here. Wow. And then the other one is the <clears throat> almost new gal. <laughs> I'm not kidding either. Oh, I don't doubt it. I'm not making this up. Yeah, nobody doubts you. No. All right. And then there's John Ramirez over there because, of course, the Hispanic name. For some reason, I am pretty good with Hispanic names. Razzo is Hispanic. Well, not really. You know, Razzo. It's more sound. Almost sounds more Italian, doesn't That's it? That's what people always thought. They always yeah. thought I was Italian. Razzo. It's not Ramirez, Hernandez, Rodriguez. You are good, Jose. It's gonna be one of those mornings, isn't Wait, it? Jose. Yeah. Is a surname? Jose is a last name. Well, no, not necessarily, but it's a Hispanic name. Jesus. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what's gonna happen for four hours this uh, morning. Yep. It certainly is. Oh, you know, um. What was I going to say? Uh, I hear from people who uh, love to uh, start the show with us. You know, they're just waiting for us to go on the air. And uh, first of all, I want to thank those people and also ask, don't you have a life? No, I like that they wait because that means they're listening to the end of Wake Up Call. Uh, I hope. I think Wake Up Call is part of it, too. Oh, oh in that not case, th- I love yeah, you Not guys. that I care. Uh, but wake-up call is certainly part of it. You guys ready to go? Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I think we have to do it for sure. All right, lead story. All right, uh, something we're going to cover uh, later on. It's a homeless story uh, that just keeps on going and going, and this is uh, L.A. County. This isn't Orange County. This is L.A. County, and uh, there is a whole nother world, what we've done, what we haven't done, what the mayor has done, what redevelopment dollars have uh, gone to and not. So part of the uh, almost $31 billion budget for the next fiscal year uh, is being used to combat and prevent homelessness and providing crucial safety net services. And where will they get the money? Ta-da! When in doubt. Millionaire's tax and uh, developer's tax. Now, the developer's part of it, we're going to talk a little bit more later on than this. This part I find absolutely amazing. It's stunning how, on the one hand, they're charging developers like crazy. And on the other hand, they're making it impossible to build. But when they do let you build, we're going to cream you with taxes and fees. And it was uh, the state wanted to uh, make it a lot easier for building, bypass local ordinances and say, come on, let's just make this happen. Cities went nuts. How 
how dare you take away our power? If we want to stop people from building, we're going to do it. Which, by the way, when we finally let them build after years, we're going to charge taxes. You know, they ran out of tax, uh, out of names for taxes. Just ran out of names. Now it's tax number 12. Tax number 13. My favorite tax, San Bernardino, the kangaroo rat tax. Not kidding. Look it up. What was kangaroo it? rat tax. I think it's a buck and a half uh, a square foot or 45 cents a square foot to maintain the natural habitat of the kangaroo rat. Oh. Oh, yes. Now, that's kangaroo rat tax number one. I'm waiting for kangaroo rat taxes number two and three to come down the pike. It's a faintly yellowish tinted furred rat. Wow. That's good to know. Over wash of dusky brown above white underparts. How much is the tax, incidentally? How much per square foot? Just curious. It's just, I mean, it's crazy making. When did Dow come up with a tax? That's because they're in San Bernardino. They're in the pocket of big kangaroo rat. Land. Yeah. My, my favorite story was uh, what the, the Delta smelt. Oh, the Delta smelt. Remember that oh, one? Oh, gosh. Where it was, uh, they stopped a, uh, was it the, not the, no, the snail darter. That was it. The snail darter up in Northern California. They stopped a damn cold after spending 300 and something million dollars saying that this one river, is the only place on the planet in which the snail darter lives. And so in order to maintain that river, uh, they had to stop the dam because that would have uh, stopped the snail darter from reproducing and kill off the snail darter. So they stopped the dam. And then a couple of years later, some hikers found uh, another river a quarter of a mile away teeming with snail darters. Let's move on. Well, the president has called the chemical attack in Syria atrocious, and he promises action within 48 hours. Condemnation. Oh, it'll happen. Yeah. Oh, it'll happen. And this was yesterday, so we're expecting something today, mm-hmm. this evening. Yeah, and he's just trying to figure out what it's going to be. Uh, Israel's already done its thing, and uh, now let's see if the president goes beyond that. My favorite story about this is the Russians, of course, totally deny it, and the Russians have sent a team to uh, Duma to investigate. Not one bit of evidence there ever was or is a chemical weapons attack there. See, we investigated and there's the proof. Uh, Brian Suits coming on Tactical Tuesday today at 9, usually at 8, today at 9, and he's obviously got more information on this whole situation. Uh, you want to take an early break? We can do that. And uh, then we'll come back and get right into many more stories because it's such a heavy news day. All right. Also, coming up after the break, your chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. Uh, crooked teeth. Uh, call Cunning Dental for a free exam. Call 888-640-SMILE. All right, Jennifer. It's election day in SoCal. Proposed taxes are on the ballot for several cities. A federal judge in San Diego has signed off on a $25 million settlement for former Trump University students. About 8,000 former students can now get up to 90% of what they paid for the real estate classes. And for the 40th year in a row, Ben & Jerry's is giving out free ice cream cones. The promotion runs today from noon until 8. We have issues with your commute on the 210. We'll check VKFI in the sky next. 
If you live in Los Angeles and you don't have solar power, chances are you're wasting money. The sun is always shining and your electric bill is always climbing. So call Semper Solaris, LA's local and veteran-owned solar and roofing installation company. Semper Solaris only installs panels from SunPower, an American company with the most efficient panels and the best warranty anywhere. Don't let other companies fool you. Semper Solaris is the reigning back-to-back SunPower residential national dealer of the year. So you know they'll get the job done right with esprit de corps and honor. Interested in battery storage? Semper Solaris offers Tesla Powerwall. Need a new roof to protect you from the SoCal heat? Save up to $2,000. Semper Solaris is one of the few Owens Corning Platinum preferred contractors in California, which means they can offer a 50-year factory-backed warranty on your new roof. Solar, battery storage, roofing, oh my. Go solar and roofing American style. Call 877-211-5591. 877-211-5591. Or visit SemperSolaris.com. Savings based on size of roof. New customers only. Some restrictions apply. Sale Espanol expires. 438 CS. Now you can save time and order your groceries at Ralph's.com, and they'll be delivered right to your door in two hours or less. You can do your shopping anytime, anywhere, like the gym, the office, or your favorite comfy couch. Save time and shop online at Ralph's. KFI Handle here. It is a uh, Tuesday morning. Here's a, a chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. The winner is notified with a phone call. If you don't answer it, you lose. Muriel in Upland answered and won $1,000. Your next chance, next hour. Uh, All right. And some developing news, uh, Jennifer? Yeah, we just got word from the Associated Press that the president has announced he's going to skip a summit in South America so that he can stay in the U.S. to oversee the American response to Syria. While that may not sound odd, of course he's going to want to oversee that. The deal is, that summit didn't start until Friday. So that means whatever the response is, if we take what he said yesterday, that it's going to be somewhere 48 hours, he's going to make a decision on what's going to go on. Either it's not going to happen until Friday, or whatever he does is going to last quite a little while. Or he's anticipating... Uh, a very quick response from Iran uh, and or Russia through its proxy. Yeah, so the fact that he's already saying, I'm not going to go somewhere on Friday, that just shows you that he thinks this is going to be bigger. Uh, Back to uh, Handle on the News. So the FBI raided Trump's lawyer's office. We'll see what happens. This is a pure and simple witch hunt. This is pretty. I mean, I'm not this saying big I'm not saying there are big crimes because I don't know what's in any of these documents. But the fact that they raided an attorney's office and got a warrant for privileged communications—that's a big deal. Uh, well, I don't know if they got a warrant for privileged communications. They did. It was. Uh, I thought they have to determine whether it's privileged. Or no, no, not. no, no. The warrant is allowed them to wow. seize privileged. Ne- never happened in modern history. Uh, where president's attorney, and of course he went nuts. And then uh, the issue becomes, what is it uh, that may have been in there? Because you're not going to see this done lightly. Uh, this is a recommendation turned over by Mueller. It wasn't Mueller who made the decision. It was Mueller that turned it over to the Justice Department, and everybody involved in that decision were Republicans. All the way from uh, Rod Rosenstein, uh, Rod Rosenstein, 
to uh, the FBI director Chris Ray, a Trump right. appointee, and, and the U.S. Attorney, attorney in that district is Trump, Trump attorney, right? And uh, one who was, uh, in fact, vetted by the president in a personal meeting, which never happens. So uh, this is getting just weirder and weirder. We need the the search warrant to leak because they had to leave be- the affidavit that sets out the probable cause. I don't know when we'll ever see that. They had to leave behind a copy of the warrant that will say what specific yeah. crimes are we looking at? And what items are we here to take? And they have to leave a copy with Cohen. And so I'm waiting for that thing to drop and we'll get a better sense of how he fits whatever's going on. So are we to assume that they were trying to catch him off guard or is there a chance that no. he was subpoenaed to turn this information over and that he didn't? And that then no, is why I think, they raided it. I think when they do this... They were worried about uh, somebody destroying any evidence. So they were trying to catch him. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the the more involved this gets, the stronger the argument that President Trump has that this is a witch hunt with his base. And uh, the more criminality they're going to find amongst people, the more it is the Department of Justice and the FBI going after President Trump. What's going to be fascinating is if there is criminality involved, not because – not. Trump specifically, I don't think that he was involved, uh, but I think those around him, uh, what do the Republicans do? Do they stay in lockstep with him? Because Maybe now, because now they won't touch him. Other than Flake and John McCain and Lindsey Graham, those are the only three senators that are going after Trump. And all the rest are absolutely mum. And if this thing does blow up, you're going to see the Republican just shutting up. They're talking about a constitutional crisis. There's going to be no constitutional crisis. The Democrats are going to go berserk, and the Republicans will not say a word. You watch. It depends on what it is. I don't even think it matters. I don't think it matters. What if it's this? What if uh, they they determine that the payoff money to Stormy Daniels came from Trump campaign funds? I don't think they're going to say anything. I think they're going, Trump will say it is a conspiracy against him. It is a witch hunt. uh, And they are not going to say it's not. I mean, they won't say it is, but I think they're going to stay mum. I truly do. Just if nothing else to say face for the party and not to fracture I think, uh, no, because you don't, uh, it's, it's, yeah. Same thing with Richard Nixon. Uh, The Republicans just backed him up, backed him up, backed him up until there was literally no choice. Well, two LAPD cops in the West Valley have been hurt during a run-in with a carjacker. You got a criminal mind. You got criminal looks. Now, the officers shot and killed the man yesterday, and this was near the border of Reseda and Woodland Hills. And uh, this is the police captain, Patricia Sandoval, who says it's not clear if the man... In this stolen SUV, who they originally went after, actually shot at the officers. Both of the officers are okay and they are stable. One received some cuts and scratches. The other, a little more serious injury to his knee. Now, there was body cam video and dash cam video. And so, remember, they just ruled that the police were going to have to turn over the body cam video. But that's not until later this month. And it's not retroactive. So we still will never see what happened. All right, let's go ahead and, uh, oh, let's do one more story before we take a break. All right, there's a trial uh, that's this going on this week. U.S. Army veteran Adam Stone 
Now, you may remember this incident. He got out of his car at a park. He walked up to another guy and shot him twice, killing him. And then his girlfriend was with him and was shocked and said, what? Why'd you do that? And he said, I took care of it. Why did you shoot him? Because he punked me, I guess. The theory is that this Adam Stone guy felt that the other guy, the victim, had tried to rip him off. Uh, also, uh, there are stories about this other guy, McMoore, uh, was a transient, violent temper, started fights uh, in hotels and parks. Uh, one of the witnesses says he liked being the biggest guy in the park. He liked instilling fears in people. And uh, at this point, Stone is saying, well, I locked eyes. I walked up to him. He believed he was reaching towards his own waistband, believing McMoore was armed. Uh, pulled out gun and double tap McMoore, uh, two bullets into the head. And then how reasonable is it? Because he uh, came back to shoot him, right? Uh, and instead of, uh, this thing is a little bit weird. Yeah, there's no of, dispute that he shot and killed right. the guy, but they're they're saying, you know, post-traumatic stress, stress disorder lot of it, and lot lot of it. possible Just, extenuating right. circumstances. Serious stuff going on in Iraq in which he fought. Now we'll take a break and come back and we'll do more handle on the news. Okay, Jennifer Jones Lee, you have a Handle morning crew and uh, plenty more handle on the news. Oh, the big stories that we're covering. The Michael Cohen office totally raided. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is uh, arriving on Capitol Hill today. Oh, and uh, Alex uh, shared with me, and we'll probably put that on the website, a bingo card. Uh, Mike Zuckerberg in, in Mike uh, Mark Zuckerberg in the middle. It is hilarious. It's so funny. It is hilarious. We'll put that up. All right, uh, let's uh, move ahead with uh, more handle on the news. Well, I think this one comes from our "What in the world were you thinking?" file. Trevor Davis, who is a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, he's at LAX with his girlfriend, and they're checking in and. You know, the ticket agents, when you put your bag up to be weighed, they say, you know, is there anything in there? Aerosols, knives, explosives, whatever. And smart Trevor Davis turns to his companion and goes, so did you pack the explosives? Oh, and he gets arrested, of course. <sighs> this is why. dollars here, here, I've always said, and this is probably one of the best pieces of advice I've always given. When you're going through TSA, never, ever give a movie review. A movie review? Yeah, you can't say that movie was a bomb. Oh, no. Let's move on. Speaking of explosives, uh, you remember the guy who set off a couple of explosives at the Sam's Club out in Ontario? Apparently, that's not all police think he was up to. No, it turns out he was an executive at Costco. No. No. No? (laughs) Do I have that wrong? Uh, I think you're, yeah, you're misinformed. He, he's now wanted as a person of interest in a home invasion robbery that happened last week in Rancho Cucamonga. An 89-year-old woman called police and said, a guy showed up here pretending to deliver a pizza, forced his way into the house, tied me up with zip ties. I was so afraid. And then when the Sam's Club explosions happened, this woman recognized the guy from the news reports about that. 
Now, only the explosion at the Sam's Club. Uh, how many years in jail you think he's going to get for that one? Two counts of explosion with intent to commit murder. Three counts of premeditated attempted murder. One count of attempted arson. One count of second-degree commercial burglary. One count of evading a peace officer with wanton disregard for safety. What do you think he's going to go? How, how many years? Well, potentially, potentially the rest of his life. life. Yeah. Uh, especially if you stack those counts consecutively. Right. On the, other, on the other hand, it is California. Yeah, so he'll so probably who, end up so doing... So probation. Yeah, who yeah knows? probation or three and a half weeks. By know. the way, kudos to John Ramirez. That was the theme song from the Unabomber. Ah, excellent. Great. Okay. So now we finally know how much money Bill Cosby apparently paid to Andrea Constand as hush money. The Cosby Cosby's Big money. $3.38 million. Uh, yep. Stormy Daniels is so angry this yeah. morning. Can you imagine $130,000 to Stormy, $3.8 uh, $3. million uh, to Constant. Constant, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, uh, Andrea Constant. Tell you one thing, she didn't spend one dime of it on hair. Oh. Ouch. Look at that hairdo. Told you it was going to be one of those mornings. That's a lot of money. Uh, a little closer to home, remember when the, the news broke that many, many women were accusing writer-director James Toback of various sexual misconduct? Well, you will not face any charges. No, it's, the statute of limitations is right. I think um, almost all of the allegations were too old, and then there's one case where the victim didn't show up for an interview with the DA's office. So that makes it kind of difficult. Yeah, this was 1978 through, yeah, well, through 2008. But even the 2008 one, 10 years ago. And uh, if you go to 1978, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that goes back, what, dozens of years. They are, but LA uh, DA still looking at maybe charges against Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. That's and still New York, percolating. And New York. Yep, they're looking at him still, too. Oh, Tony Robbins, you're supposed to empathize and you're supposed to uplift. You're not supposed to put people down. First let me apologize for getting you into this Tony Robbins, the life coach, is having to say he's sorry about what he said about the Me Too movement. After back in March, he made this comment that some women were using it to gain significance by playing the victim. So Tony apparently said there's a video of him saying, if you use the Me Too movement to try and get significance and certainly by attacking and destroying someone else, you haven't grown an ounce. All you've done is basically use a drug called significance to make yourself feel good. Now, even there, if there is an argument that there are a tiny minority of of women that are doing that, uh, it's way too early. To make that argument. Oh, Tony. Way, way too early. Wait a few years. And also think about all the celebrities that are linked to Tony Robbins and how they are going to drop him like a hot potato. Yeah. Well, David Hogg, one of the Parkland survivors and a big activist who got into that dust up with Laura Ingram. He's been accepted to UC Irvine. Yeah, and this all has to do with Ingram uh, tweeting last month, David Hogg rejected by four colleges to which he applied and whines about it. And he wasn't whining at all. He just simply mentioned it. And Laura Ingram, of course, tweeted and then apologized to him instantly. And he doesn't accept her apology. And to the credit of Fox, 
they they stood by her. And actually, now there's an update. Hogg has decided not to accept the offer, and he's going to take a gap year and focus on political activism. Well, because he's now a very famous political activist in uh, the uh, you know, Lives Matter movement. All right, let's, let's take a break. Let's but take a then break. there's more David Hogg news when we come back. Oh yes, uh, this is a handle. All right, and we're back. Handel and uh, the morning crew. Top stories that we are covering uh, this morning. The Michael Cohen office raided. Trump's personal attorney. Boy, this was unprecedented. Unprecedented. And then what's going on with Syria? Uh, Up at 9 o'clock with Brian Suits. Uh, Let's go ahead and finish it up. Handel on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And we were just talking about David Hogg. Well, turns out... Another conservative talk show host has made a comment about David Hogg, but this conservative commentator has resigned. He crossed the line. And I don't even know why. Like this was I mean, the why most... he tweeted it? Why? Yeah. He tweeted that he uh, was going to shove a red hot poker up David Hogg's rear end, although he did not use the phrase rear end. Yeah. I mean. Very strange. Wh- why he would do that That's is. Why? Uh, because uh, shooting from the hip. You know, it's, it's, that's all. Who's, I mean, there's also an unbridled rage lurking underneath that kind of a tweet. Yeah, for the entire movement, I you might know, add. Not like, hey, I think this David Hogg kid is misguided. I don't think this David Hogg kid understands the Constitution. Not that. No. Like, I want to penetrate his body. Uh, yeah, with a red hot poker. Okay. Let's just. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, when uh, Trump appointed Mick Mulvaney to be the head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, a lot of people said, well, there goes consumer protections. protections. Mm, Not if you're Wells Fargo. Oh, hold the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming. He is seeking record fines against Wells Fargo for a different chicanery that they were involved in. I don't know how anybody can stay with Wells Fargo without knowing they're going to get ripped off. They already got fined a hundred million dollars over the you know opening accounts Pounds. for you that you didn't want. Yeah, this goes on. And Honestly, this- we stayed with them. I know we're idiots, but I think everything is with them, and it's just been it's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, it's a hassle issue. I mean, my mortgage is with them, my bank accounts. Well, you're not going to redo your mortgage, but you got to watch they don't uh, get slap some fees on you. They're yeah. not oh, supposed yeah. to. That's one of the things. And then this weird thing they were doing where if you financed a car through the dealer. Wells Fargo would do what they call force place you into an insurance policy uh, if they think that your policy had lapsed. But if you went directly to Wells Fargo for a loan, they wouldn't do that to you. Strange. So it was a way to get customers to finance with them instead of through the dealer. So anyway, Mick Mulvaney wants uh, a huge several hundred million dollars in fines. Maybe even a billion well, you were talking, was it yesterday, during a, do they have a case about punitive damage, or maybe it was something else, punitive damages, oh, yeah. they have to be proportional to who you're trying to punish, because if they don't hurt, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Now, this is not, this is outside of any lawsuit. Right. This is outside of class action lawsuits, which are going to roll in the, could be hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, Backpage.com, which is just a classified ads website, it's been criticized before for not patrolling its sex trafficking. Well, now it's in big trouble. Roxanne, you don't have to put up 
Yeah, I mean, they've just been grabbed by the government. It, 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 basically, it's ads for hookers. That's it. Bottom line, uh, it's, uh, you know, Match.com if you want to meet a hooker. Uh, when did Match.com, uh, or no, when did uh, Backpage.com start? Do we have any idea what year it started? Because there's, no. there's, there's a number here that I want to share with you. That it's a is, village voice. That is uh, breathtaking. Breathtaking. If we have a year in which it started, 2004, since then, it has earned over half a billion dollars in revenue. Wow. Which they say just from the ads for sex workers. I mean, they do. They did. They don't exist anymore, basically. They did ostensibly have other kinds of classifieds like, hey, sell a car, buy a car. But that five With a hooker mil- in it. Yeah. So the back seat, you could also just, you don't want to drive it. You want to sit in the back seat. So they unsealed a 93-count indictment against the creators of Backpage. Yeah. And, and I, seized it. I went on, yeah. Oh, yeah. The feds, if you go to Backpage.com now, you get that splash screen. This happened to another uh, website some time ago called Redbook that was all escort ads. Same thing. Feds came in, charged those people. They were convicted. And you see a lot of sites now just getting rid of their personal sections completely. Oh, I know. It's so depressing because L.A. Weekly and Orange County Weekly used to have such fantastic ads. And they got rid of all of them. I mean, not I, I went on them just for the entertainment value of course right. yeah i was not looking for midgets who use bicycle chains wow uh let's move on then uh, mark zuckerberg released his prepared statements that he's going to speak when he testifies today in front of congress and uh spoiler alert he's very sorry i'm thinking about going back to myspace i mean that's basically it He says Facebook was too slow to spot and respond to Russian interference. Also, that he's very sorry that he allowed those third-party apps to scrape the data of people without their permission. I don't know what more he's going to say. Everybody says he's going to be pilloried. He's going to be nailed. Uh, He is going to say, I'm sorry, and here's what we've done to fix it. Okay, now what? Well, you should be ashamed of yourself. I am. Well, you should have done more. I should. Facebook has apologized so many times over the years. It uh, rings hollow at this point. It could be, but what are they going to do? Uh, He's going to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they're going to say, it'll be the Laura Ingram uh, story with David Hogg. We don't accept your apology. And okay, thank you very much. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. I don't. All right, Michael Cohen's office rated. Oh, that is a huge deal. This is Trump's personal attorney. Uh, raided by the FBI, his offices. Oh, yeah. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here on a uh, Tuesday, April uh, 10th. Uh, big news going on. Mark Zuckerberg uh, arrives on Capitol Hill today. He's going to spend two days answering lawmakers' questions. And then what's going on with Syria, uh, big news a-brewing there. Brian Suits is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Now, oh, yeah, why not? More Trump news. How do you go through a day without Donald Trump news? And this happens to do with a peripheral Donald Trump news, if you actually buy into the story that Michael Cohen paid $130,000 to Stormy uh, Stormy Daniels. And 
Uh, Donald Trump knew nothing about it. And Michael Cohen mortgaged his house to pay it and set up a Delaware corporation, an LLC, to pay for it. Hmm. Because he likes his client. This may be the first time in recorded history in which an attorney uh, used his own money to pay a settlement on behalf of a client. Just bringing that up. So yesterday, uh, the FBI raids uh, Donald Trump's, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, Michael Cohen's office. Wow. And this is pertaining to the Russia probe and the Stormy Daniels case. Just heard that they broke into the office of one of my personal attorneys, good man, and uh, it's a disgraceful situation. It's a total witch hunt. I've been saying it for a long time. I've wanted to keep it down. We've given, uh, I believe, over a million pages worth of documents to the special counsel. They're not looking at the other side. They're not looking at the Hillary Clinton, horrible things that she did and all of the crimes that were committed. This is the... Most uh, uh, biased group of people, these people have the biggest conflicts of interest I've ever seen. They only keep looking at us. So they find no collusion, and then they go from there and they say, well, let's keep going. And they raid an office of a personal attorney early in the morning. Uh, And I think it's a disgrace. Now, that is unprecedented. In modern history, that has never happened. The personal attorney of a president. And... Now, the agents, here, there are a couple of moving parts here that I have to uh, share with you. Uh, First of all, it is uh, not the special counsel. It's not just uh, Robert Mueller who up and decided, okay, we are going to raid, either forcing the FBI or initiating the FBI doing this. Well, in reality is he did initiate it, but uh, it turns out that what what Robert Mueller has to do is go to the Department of Justice, who then sends the FBI to raid. And the people involved in this decision, first of all, they're all Republicans, appointed by the president, other than uh, other than Mueller. And the president lashes out at Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, uh, appointee, uh, who is overseeing, uh, overseeing the Mueller probe, Uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who recused himself. And to this day, I don't think the president gets that there is an independence between the Department of Justice and the presidency. Now, in reality, under the executive branch, under the Constitution, there doesn't have to be an independence. I mean... The bottom line is uh, that the attorney general works for the president. He's there at the president's pleasure. All cabinet members are. But there is a tradition of independence. And uh, that has been upheld for a whole bunch of years. So uh, it turns out that uh, uh, search warrants were obtained by a federal judge Uh, And then submitted by the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District of New York, Jeffrey Berman, uh, all of them Trump appointees, except for the federal judge, of course. And here's the other part of it. Uh, First of all, we don't know what's going to be in uh, those documents. And uh, if uh, they're going to be privileged, and the first thing you argue is privilege between client and uh, an attorney. 
So there's going to be a, a just a huge mess regarding what is privilege and what is not privilege, what's going to be allowable and what is not going to be allowable. The president is absolutely livid. And now, once again, the talk of Robert Mueller being fired by the president, who has the right to do it, by the way. Because, again, special prosecutor uh, is appointed by the executive branch. What the president can't do is stop a congressional investigation. That the president has no jurisdiction doing. So now we're talking about is Mueller going to be fired? Do you want to hear what the president said when he was asked by a reporter? Absolutely. We'll see what happens. But I think it's really a sad situation when you look at what happened. And many people have said you should fire him. Now, uh, this statement that he made uh, was as he was meeting with his top military brass who were uh, gathered around him and contemplating whether to send U.S. forces to war in Syria. So he's talking about Syria and all of a sudden off he goes on this tangent. Uh, But this is very much Donald Trump. Uh, This is absolutely Donald Trump. He was nailed, incidentally, for saying uh, that uh, the Mueller investigation in and of itself and this particular raid on Michael Cohen's offices uh, disgraceful. It's a t- it's an attack on him, an attack on America. Well, okay. So any attack on the president is an attack on America, and of course he got nailed for that. You know what? I mean, did it really mean that? Uh, not, no. It's just uh, the president uh, venting as he does, and he has no filter. Uh, it's uh, that simple. This president has no filter. This is a presidency by want of Twitter. That's where all policy is made. It's tweets that are... As a matter of fact, if World War III is going to be declared by President Trump, we will know about it when he tweets it in the morning. My fellow citizens, I have just declared World War III. I have sent the nuclear missiles right into North Korea. And his top military brass are going to look, what What the hell is this about? When did this happen? Oh, this morning at 4.30 a.m.? Ah, oh, it's fantastic. So this story is just going to get just enormous. And we've just started with this. Uh, we're going to take a break. Your chance to win $1,000 uh, right when we come back. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have dental problems, call Cunning Dental for a free exam. Call 888-640-SMILE. Where are you now that I need you? Handle here on a uh, Tuesday, April 10th. Uh, here is your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. They notify the winner by calling them. If you don't answer that call, they'll move on to somebody else. Mark in Grand Terrace answered the call and won $1,000. There's a chance to win every hour from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. All right. Uh, uh, one of the top news uh, items that we're covering, one of the news stories, is uh, that a federal, a federal appeals court has just ruled uh, that employers cannot base new workers' uh, pay on past salary. And a uh, personal story on that one, because I employ people, uh, as you know, uh, and they love working for me, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure they do. 
uh, and I'll share with you uh, my story about uh, new employees. Okay, now I'm going to give you a stunning uh, statistic, and that is from twenty uh, from 2002 to 2016, premiums for people who work and get in employment or get insurance, medical insurance with their employer, those premiums have gone up 240% from 2002 to, to 2016. Inflation has gone up 40%. So it's a 200% gap. And with that in mind, because uh, medical insurance just uh, is uh, insane, as you know, uh, there's another bill uh, that is moving through the legislature, uh, backed by labor unions and consumer groups, in order to curb soaring health care spending, uh, what would happen is the state would be in charge of setting prices for hospital stays, doctor visits, and most other medical services covered by commercial insurers. Now, when you first look at that, and of course, uh, labor unions, consumer groups love this, and uh, the physicians, uh, hospitals, uh, medical groups are going berserk. How dare you set our prices? But uh, let me give you a little bit of precedence here, or precedent here. Precedence? Yes. And that is the state already sets home and auto policies. The insurance commissioner decides how much an insurance company can charge. Well, let's say State Farm comes in and wants to raise uh, their premiums by 12%. They have to go to the insurance commissioner who can say yay or nay. All right, Medicare. If you're over 65, guess who determines how much they're going to pay? Well, it's going to be the government. So it is still the Wild West at this point, and medical policies are through the roof. Now, why is that? Well, uh, inflation, although that is hilarious uh, to argue inflation, that's completely insane. Uh, New technologies, yep. We are spending more money on technology than virtually any other country in the world. So when people will tell you the best medical care in the world is American medical care, absolutely true. If you're at the very, very top, if you have one of those great insurance policies or you have enough money to pay for a great insurance policy if it's not given by your employer, that's when you get the best medical care in the world. Yeah, how about the rest of it? How about the rest of the people, the uninsured? You think they get the best medical care in the world? Uh, not not quite. And uh, the other issue is the aging population that costs more to treat. We're just getting older. And old people cost money. If I could tell you what my mom costs in terms of the board and care, uh, it's frightening. Because she's 160 years old and because she is not doing well and she's sitting in a board and care. And I argue with my wife all the time. Let's just put her out on the sidewalk. She wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And to my mother is very good luck. I happen to be married to Marjorie. But the cost, well, look at the... uh, Uh, The lifespan between the turn of the last century from 1900. Well, look at the lifespan from World War II. 
to today. And old people costs money and lots of them. So what's going to happen? It's almost no choice. Now, there are some controls that the bill sponsors say. There's an appeals process uh, which would allow health care providers to contest the decision by this commission they're going to set up uh, if it can prove that it would cause financial hardship to uh, the health care providers or the insurance companies. But, man, it sure makes sense to me. Now, if you go into national health and any of the countries that have national health, there's a control factor there. It's not just here, we're going to charge whatever we want to charge. It's uh, what the cost of pharmaceutical uh, pharmaceuticals are today. I mean, what we pay or what we don't pay through our Kaiser plan at home be- between me, because I'm nuts, uh, my two daughters who are equally nuts because this, they are my progeny and it's my genes that go in there. They didn't get much of Marjorie's calm, wonderful, uh, she needs no medication uh, way of living is thousands of dollars per month. Man, I'm telling you, it's not only I'm in favor of this, we desperately need this. All right, now, uh, the problem for the homeless. Oh, wow, a homeless story. We haven't done that one in about 10 minutes, have we? So why such a problem? Well, let me tell you what happened to funds that were supposed to go to the homeless that were moved. That I'll share with you when we come back. This is L.A., the city of the angels, KFI AM 640. And this is uh, KFI Handle here on a uh, Tuesday morning, April the 10th. Uh, Big stories that we're covering. The Michael Cohen uh, office raid yesterday by the FBI. Oh, yeah. Big deal. And this afternoon, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is going to be apologizing for two days on Capitol Hill. There's going to be a lot of contrition. Sorry. I'm really sorry. No, no, I really am sorry. No, I'm sorrier than you even think. Aren't you sorry? Very sorry. Shouldn't you be sorry? Oh, couldn't couldn't tell you how sorry I am. Well, I think you ought to say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, two days of that. You watch. All right. Now, homeless in L.A. We sort of moved a little bit from Orange County because uh, that we've been covering quite a bit. And that's a continuing story. And now we move to the city of Los Angeles, which has had uh, actually a lot of money to deal with the homeless. And the problem is uh, that uh, what happened was uh, the state eliminated something called redevelopment agency seven years ago. And uh, part of the redevelopment money, uh, 20% were supposed to be set aside, at least 20% of the property tax revenues for affordable housing projects. And that used to give about $50 million a year. And then redevelopment ended. The redevelopment projects, uh, there was no longer state and Fed money from that. So the mayor told uh, reporters uh, back in February, we lost almost 100% of our affordable housing units. Well, uh, no, Uh, even though the agencies disappeared, the money did not. What they did is take some of the funds that used to go to the agencies and move them to the cities and counties and special districts and the schools. And so what has happened is L.A. has received almost $400 million in what was former redevelopment money. 
and uh, now is known as boomerang funds, which means they've boomeranged that money away from housing, affordable housing, and simply put the revenue in day-to-day budgets to help cover spending on police and firefighters and city services because we don't know how to run a city within budgetary means, constraints. That's all. Can't, you know, there was one time when cities and states could actually work within their budgets. I mean, isn't that scary? That they didn't have to increase taxes every five minutes. Now, to be fair, uh, it used to be in those days that the various programs that we have now, uh, there wasn't a fraction of what was available then that it is now. I mean, we seriously have hugely expanded programs. Medicare, for example. Uh, didn't exist until 1965 when Lyndon Johnson kicked that one in. Today, uh, Medicare, I I think, is the biggest single-budget item in the United States, and if not, certainly in the top three. And it didn't even exist back then. So the programs weren't available. And what is happening with um, Los Angeles? Well, you know what the biggest problem is? Retired employees. There you go. Unsustainable money. Unsustainable. Where it's just simply going to collapse on itself, and it has to. What's that record that was set by uh, the harbor pilot? Uh, the guy who just retired on three hundred and fifty or $360,000 a year. Retirement. I mean, that's not a bad buck. City employee. 360 some odd thousand dollars a year. Boy, there's a gig if you can get one. And so it just goes on and on and on. State employees or county employees, uh, completely crazy. I think it's state. Sheila Kuhn, who is, uh, I still think she's a supervisor. When uh, she was in the assembly, and if memory serves, uh, she was the one that pushed through uh, this completely insane pension scheme. Scheme isn't what the British call plans. I just love the word scheme. It just works better for me. And it became so horrifically expensive. And you know what her argument was? Well, we had plenty of money then. And, you know, different time, different place. And that's what ends up happening whenever you see governments. And that is if there's a penny and a half extra, it's instantly spent. And the assumption it's going to be there forever. That's the part that is absolutely hilarious. And why is that? Because it's not their money. It really isn't their money. They just spend. Because there's the money to spend. So, uh, the city council put that new revenue into day-to-day budget items because there wasn't enough money to cover it. And the choice would be homeless versus paying for the cops. And let's not forget the retirement because that's really important. And I love it. Uh, You can work for the city, work for the state, and you're out uh, after 30 years. And if you start at 22, uh, it's uh, at 52, you're done. You're retired. Many of the programs, a lot of those plans. Hey, wouldn't you like to retire at 52? With a good chunk of pension, mind you. How many people even get pensions anymore? 
if you're working for the private sector, who has a pension anymore? So you have to save and save and save for your retirement if you're going to have uh, any standard of living when you do retire. And you are not going to retire at 52. Oh, that is a guarantee. Not a bad gig. So uh, the homeless money went to now the, uh, the coffers just to keep the city going, which means we need more homeless money. And so you have the millionaire's tax. That's what they're looking at. And linkage fee. Uh, there's a new name for that. What is linkage fee? Well, it charges developers for new construction. It used to be developers' fees. It used to be building fees. But we've run out of those fees. I mean, we, we've blown past developers' fees a long time ago. So now it's linkage fees on top of developers' fees. Oh, it's a fabulous way to live, isn't it? All right, uh, here is another avenue for the homeless and a couple of stories I want to share with you that I guarantee you are not aware of. This is KFI. All right, handle here on a uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, some of the big stories we are covering uh, of course, what's going on with Syria? The president just canceled his trip to South America to oversee the Syria problem. Brian Suits uh, joins us at 9 to talk about the latest on that. And uh, Donald Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, his office was raided yesterday. You think there's a little fallout there, huh? All right, uh, another spin on the housing crisis. And this is something I guarantee uh, you haven't thought of or haven't thought of much. And that is... Uh, what do people who are homeless do when you have a family and you have a real life to live and you're not so desperate you have to live in a a, a, uh, a shelter? Uh, there's a story in Mother Jones about this uh, family, Christine Hernandez, a mother of four and her husband. And uh, she and her husband, they were up in uh, Oakland and uh, were forced to leave the, uh, their home because uh, the landlord wouldn't make repairs. So they started looking around for rent signs. Well, this is Oakland. One-bedroom apartments in Oakland go for more than $2,000 a month. And this is a family of six. So what did they do? Well, they, they wanted to stay there. They're both working. So what did they find? Well, they found a three-bedroom, one-bath house that had been abandoned. Drugs, prostitution. So they pried open a section of the chain link fence. They went in with a flashlight. Kitchen had no counter, no sink, pipes. It was a total mess. So they cleaned it up. And they actually made it livable. And so how do they stay there? Because effectively they're trespassing. Uh, as a matter of fact... Uh, they were there for uh, several months uh, when a representative from a bank walked in. There'd been a foreclosure. And they uh, come home, and there's the front door smashed, locks changed, uh, house ransacked, their possessions stolen, uh, water turned off, power had been shut down. They actually got water and power, incidentally. They were able to do that. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, there now is a company that says eviction services. So what did they do? Well, uh, this is what can happen. We go back to 
my first days of law school. Haven't thought about this in a very, very long time. First days of real property law. And that is, there is a concept that goes back to common law. I mean, England, hundreds of years ago. It's called adverse possession. That after a period of time, squatters cease being squatters. And they became, or they become owners. Now, there are a bunch of rules is that you have to be in a property here in California. It's by statute, five years, with no with no owner coming in and claiming ownership, paying taxes for five years, and a bunch of other rules. And you know what happens? You get to own the home. It's yours by adverse possession. It's one of those few legal phrases which actually is exactly what it is. It describes uh, precisely what the underlying uh, underlying law uh, is all about. And there's a guy by the name of Stephen DiCaprio, and uh, he's fascinating. Uh, He started an organization called Land Auction, dedicated to helping these people. Uh, He was uh, unemployed and evicted 15 years ago, and he saw a house... And he researched property records. The owner had died in the 1980s. No one claimed the house. He breaks in. A crew of friends uh, started uh, what was uh, a uh, rehabilitation of the property. And that took uh, about a year. And they added locks and solar systems. Anyway, he gained title by adverse possession. Now, there are actually more homes available in Oakland than there are homeless people. But no one knows about this adverse possession. But in reality, it's very, very difficult to do this. But you can do it. And certainly with uh, Hernandez's, that worked. And this guy is fascinating. He pursued a law degree through an independence study program. Independent. I I don't know what that means. I know it's either you go to law school or you actually... Apprentice is the way they used to do uh, during uh, a century ago, well, or the previous century. You would apprentice to a lawyer because there wasn't law school. Abraham Lincoln. I love Abraham Lincoln analogies. He apprenticed and became a lawyer. You can still do that today. However, it's harder to apprentice than it is to go to law school. So no one does. So he passes the bar. Uh, The bar won't give him his law license because he had an old misdemeanor trespass charge uh, that may make him ineligible on moral grounds, which is a crock, by the way, because trespass is not a moral turpitude crime. Theft, embezzlement, those are, when you steal, not trespass charges, so they're really nailing him. And he was facing a bunch of charges that were then dropped, But but the point is, is that his organization that he created is dedicated to helping homeless people deal with houses, own houses, homes, through adverse possession. So if you happen to be homeless and you are squatting, you can unsquat yourself. That also is a legal term I want to share with you. It's a verb, by the way, to unsquat. He un- you can squat or you can unsquat. 
And the law allows the unsquatting of squatters by adverse possession. But you didn't think of that, did you? See, that's one neat way of dealing with the homeless. Now, obviously, that's very, very rare because few people uh, don't uh, pay attention to their houses. Everybody does. And if there's a foreclosure, the bank is going to deal with it. The new owner is going to deal with it on a short sale. But occasionally it falls through the cracks. As you go through the home with a lot of cracks. You unsquatters you. All right. uh, Coming up, uh, the gender pay gap and uh, just got a little bit smaller. Uh, The appeals court just ruled uh, in a very interesting way, which makes a lot of sense to me. And then my personal story and how I. We, my partner and I at uh, the surrogacy center, if you need a surrogate mother, you call 1-800-SURROGATE, how we deal with the gender gap. This is KFI AM 640. KFI. And KOST HD2. Los Angeles, Orange County. And iHeart Radio Station. handle here it is a uh, tuesday some of the big stories we're covering uh, syria president just canceled his visit to south america to deal with the syria question we should have an answer today or tomorrow about what the united states is going to do and uh, the michael cohen office raided uh, oh yeah trump's personal attorney uh, his office was raided by the fbi and that is a story that's going to be big for several days all right now Uh, Moving on to a a domestic issue, and this is uh, the wage gap between men and women. And one of the reasons that there still is such a wage gap is because employers are allowed to ask potential employees, how much money did you make in your last job? And based on that, okay, we'll give you $2 more on this job, and therefore you're making more money. Well, if you have a history of women making less money than men, then it takes a long time for catch-up to happen. It's one of the reasons there's uh, so few CEOs, uh, female kind of CEOs in big business, because it's a 35-year move to become a CEO, and 35 years ago, you didn't have women in business school. You just didn't have them. Well, you do now, so over the coming years, you'll see more and more. Uh, Same thing, doctors. I mean, uh, women doctors are now, of course, as uh, prolific as men. So uh, what happened? There was this woman, Eileen Rizzo, found out, and she was at the Fresno County Office of Education, and she found out that a math consultant who had just been hired, less experience, less education, $13,000 a year more than she did. So, of course, she sued instantly. Well, yesterday, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decided unanimously in her favor, and that is employers may not consider prior salaries in setting a person's pay. Now, this is with a decision that was already over. This decision overturns a three-judge panel, and you can appeal a three-judge panel to the appeals court, uh, either the Supreme Court, which is never going to hear it, or you can ask for an en banc Panel, which is everybody on the uh, Court of Appeals. 
or in this case, it was an 11-judge panel. I think there are 27 judges on the entire uh, panel. And uh, the judge, uh, Stephen Reinhardt, who died last month, uh, the ruling said that allowing employers to consider prior salaries in setting pay was wholly inconsistent with the Federal Equal Pay Act that was passed in 1963. And think about this. It actually makes sense. Because uh, if you have a certain skill level, does it matter what you were earning prior to this job? Let's say you were ridiculously underpaid. Let's say you made absolutely no money. You know, for example, uh, let's uh, talk about Jennifer for a moment. All right? Uh, the same skill set and maybe the same experience because... Uh, you know, maybe you come from, uh, you know, Buffalo, but Wyoming in the, you know, the number 126 market. And you make $22,000 a year. So you come to KFI. Aha, we're going to give you $23,000 a year. And you go, oh boy, a raise. That's why I came. I understand. <laughs> but it turns out that if you have the experience, which people do even in small markets, uh, and you're coming to a company like this, uh, there is a certain pay level of someone who is an anchor in a major day part. And it really shouldn't matter what you made. I mean, you came from uh, what, San Francisco? What market yeah, was that? Four. I mean, literally, okay, four to number two. two. And really number one, when you think about it, yeah. because uh, the revenue stream here in Southern California is twice that. Farm, next yeah. One. yeah. And so it makes a lot of sense. And that is how you overcome uh, the gender gap. Because then it doesn't matter. Because women are going to make less money than men. And for a bunch of reasons. Uh, because of uh, the fact that, and there's some practical reasons. Uh, women used to not be as dedicated to work. Moms. And what happens if uh, a kid is sick? Who, who stays home with the kid? Mom. Although I have to tell you, at my office with Karen, she's brutal. Someone's kid's sick is, oh, I have to stay home. Hey, how about your husband? Last time you stayed home, you call him up and tell him to stay home. I mean, just brutal. Because she believes in equal pay. Well, not quite. Uh, it's, we used to be able to ask what prior salaries are, but everybody does. When you think about it, it's simply the way that business is run. And why is that? So you can save money at the expense of the employee coming in. And if you can get someone who's really experienced, who has a good skill set, who was underpaid in a previous job because of whatever reason, uh, then you have yourself a bargain. That's not fair. That's not fair. If the job demands a certain skill set, certain experience, certain personality, then the job is worth this much money and it doesn't matter what you were paid before. And what that does, if that's the case and the gender gap truly disappears in a very short time in terms of, uh, or the wage gap between men and women. So how do we deal with the wage gap? And my partner is brilliant. She really is. Because at our center, our surrogacy center, we only hire women. We have no men. So we have no wage gap. 
which means we are able to underpay all of the employees without being in violation of the law. Well, actually, not anymore. Because we, like many other employers, would ask for previous wages. I don't think they do here. I don't think they've ever done that here. Uh, you know, Certainly not on the broadcast end. And uh, do they do that on in, any other end? Do they ask, uh, Alex, you got hired here. You, you just, yeah, no, I don't think they did for me when I applied. Yeah, well, you start at minimum wage. And then you, and then you get promoted into minimum wage, uh, and then they move you into management at minimum wage, and uh, it's really, really impressive to say the least. It's a different system here, which is far more. It's far more fair. I mean, ridiculous, and you're paid, but it's far uh, fairer. But I have to tell you, we have to change it the way we do. We literally have to change how we do business, uh, Karen and I, because that was part of it: is asking for uh, previous pay pay scale all right coming up uh the deficit and man what's going on with the deficit and we're going down this rabbit hole faster than you could ever imagine also when we come back your chance to win a thousand dollars brought to you by cunning dental if you have missing teeth call cunning dental for a free exam 888-640-SMILE KFI Handle here, and a uh, good morning on a uh, Tuesday. Uh, here's your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. They call the winner. You have to answer the call or you can't win. Fred in Anaheim did, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win next hour. All right. Uh, President Trump, during his campaign, one of his major platforms was how much President Obama had put the country into debt and how our national debt uh, had exploded and how President uh, Obama was uh, creating a big, big deficit. Well, something is going on that I want to share with you relative to uh, our deficit in the national debt. And by the way, deficit is how much more money we spend than we actually bring in every year as a country. That's the deficit. And how much the country owes, that's the big debt, right? Big picture. Uh, How much uh, we are are paying in interest, your home mortgage. Uh, That is uh, your debt. And what you make a year and do or don't spend, if you spend more than you make, that's your deficit. All right. We are on track to have a $1 trillion deficit in 2020 and continue running deficits like that for years to come. But here's the difference. And that is we've never had a deficit like this during peacetime when the economy was doing well. We did when Obama was president, but he inherited one of the worst disasters, economic disasters. It was the Great Recession, which was the worst economic disaster since the Great Depression. You know, the last time we were running deficits this large relative to the economy as a percentage of our economy was World War II, when we were borrowing money like crazy to fight the war. And all of a sudden... We now are running deficits that are astronomical relative to our uh, 
budget. I mean, it's crazy. And that just adds and adds. Because when we're in deficit, that means we simply have to borrow money, bonds, et cetera, to uh, pay for everything because we're spending more than what uh, is that's coming in. And how you do that? Well, you turn around and you 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 borrow more money, which is what exactly what you do. If you're spending more than you're bringing in, you've got to borrow more to pay. Well, the U.S. government has no limit. Now, a bank can stop a credit line. Uh, no one can stop the U.S. government. The only thing that stops the U.S. government is going to be inflation, which the government is holding on to pretty carefully, uh, and or simply the amount of money that's out there borrowed. And the more money, the debt, the more we pay for in interest. And as interest rates increase, boy, that starts getting astronomical. And we're looking at some big, big problems. How do you deal with that? Well, first of all, I'm convinced the only way you can get rid of a 20 or $22 trillion uh, uh, budget or debt is to simply uh, inflate your way out of it. Even with a balanced budget, you will never be able to touch it. So 100 years from now, assuming we have a balanced budget, 100 years from now, we'll have inflated our, our way out of it. But in the meantime, what the hell do we do? Well, we've got a couple of third rail issues. Medicare has to be cut. Social Security going to have to increase uh, the age at which uh, people retire and get fewer benefits. And there's no way around it without keeping on going and going. And the fascinating thing is that uh, the deficits and the national debt, which used to be sacrosanct to Republicans, have just been thrown out the window. They don't care. The president and the Republicans say, well, our economy is going to do so well that we'll be able to overcome all of that. And there is no way that's going to be able to happen. None. When Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky, who was the biggest deficit hawk, I think in the the modern era, when he joins forces with the rest of the Republicans and Donald Trump and says, let's throw away the entire concept of deficit spending and adding to the national debt. When he joins the fold where that no longer matters, now you know we're in trouble. Now, uh, what's happening is people in their 50s are going to be affected somewhat. Uh, People that are now entering the workforce, our kids, they're not going to be able to retire until they're 98 And their Social Security payments are going to be $12.46 a month. And they won't get Medicare. I mean, it's going to be very, very, very tough. So by the time my kids get to be retirement age, I will be comfortably dead. And I won't have to worry about it. But they do. And you probably care about your kids a hell of a lot more than I care about my kids. So it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it bothers you. Coming up, Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News. Just heard that they broke into the office of one of my personal attorneys. Bill Handel. Good man, and uh, it's a disgraceful situation. And now, here's my personal attorney, Bill Handel. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, 
you know, by the time everybody says no, he might actually come to me. I was talking to John Thomas yesterday about uh, the number of attorneys who uh, represent or would represent uh, President Trump. And uh, it's and three major firms turned him down. Major firms. And it's going to get to the point where uh, he said, Bill, it'll be people from your law school. I go, no, it won't. It'll be people that go to Internet law schools. Those are the folks that are going to represent the president. All right, uh, let's do it. We have a, a ton of news to cover. Uh, handle on the news, late edition, Jennifer and Wayne and me. And that is our lead story. Well, I think it's a disgrace what's going on. Yep. So uh, yesterday, the FBI raids uh, the law office of Michael Cohen, uh, President Trump's personal lawyer, as he said, seeking information about that $130,000 payment that uh, Cohen said he personally made to Stormy Daniels uh, just before the 2016 election. And uh, there are uh, at least, it's probable cause that it's quite possible that criminality occurred having to do with paying her to shut up in anticipation of an election. That may be a problem. And I love the story. God, I love it. $130,000. The president knew nothing about it. And uh, Cohen did it out of his own money without telling the president. He went out and got a a $130,000 mortgage on his house. And I have to tell you, that belies, I I think it gives the president more credibility saying, I didn't know anything about it. He didn't sign the document. Uh, If there is a mortgage that was taken out, uh, then it uh, moves towards uh, saying, yep, he uh, actually did it. Why? I mean, I've never, ever heard of an attorney taking out a mortgage uh, to pay a settlement on behalf of a client. I mean, they might as well be a Martian for all I know. And it's, um, I I don't think the president is going to get nailed on this. I really don't. But I do believe that Cohen may very well get nailed uh, in uh, violation of uh, campaign finance law, if nothing else. Now, the president keeps talking about, you know, attorney-client privilege and what was taken yesterday violating that. But the standard procedure, I guess, is for a team of prosecutors not involved with the case to scan through the evidence right. first and then decide what's right. privileged and well, what's not. But then that means somebody else knows. Do you well, know what I mean? But it doesn't matter if someone else knows. It can be, either it can or cannot be used uh, in court for criminal proceeding, and uh, they generally don't don't share that. Uh, so uh, it's going to be, uh, in, in, if it is going to be used, there'll be a motion instantly on behalf of Cohen saying you can't use it, and there'll be a hearing. So uh, the big rule here is if there is any criminality on the basis of uh, Michael Cohen, executive uh, privilege goes out. The, out I mean, excuse me, uh, a lawyer-client privilege is gone. Just gone. Doesn't exist. All right. Wayne and Handel, which two words do you think will be uttered the most by Mark Zuckerberg today? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bam. I'm sorry. He'll be singing it. He'll be uttering it. He'll be scratching it. He'll be writing it on a paper and holding it up. Tap dancing. Uh, oh, yeah. He'll be doing the, you will not see that many I'm sorry's uh, in a very long time. And this is where at two days. Now, I don't know what's going to happen during two days. Obviously, the Senate's going to nail him. But, you know, he keeps on apologizing, apologizing, apologizing. Uh, it's, I mean, they're, they're probably going to talk to him about the inner workings of how Facebook, uh, operates, but he's the CEO 
And he can say, I haven't been involved in the day-to-day for a very long time. And you're talking to a guy who does strategy. That's like talking to uh, someone at General Electric who has uh, a chemical division, which they do. And how does that work? What's the formula? I have no idea. I'm not at that level. So I think that may happen. This is pure speculation on my part, incidentally. Could be Zuckerberg knows everything that's going on with that company. But how much revenue does Facebook have? And how many divisions does it have? And the algorithms. I mean, when's the last time he wrote an algorithm? And the market sure doesn't care. It's up 518 today. Uh, yeah. And it was supposed to be that it was going to hang on whatever well, he said. But that has more to do with the fact that President Xi of China is already caving. True. And saying that he is reducing the tariffs on American car products, on American vehicles. So, you know what? If it's because of President Trump and him just posturing, which I don't think the president is posturing. I think uh, he's got the balls to do exactly what he's going to tweet about. I think this was his plan. Yep. All right, you want to do the $40,000 bounty or you want to move on? Uh, no. Uh, I, well, we can really quickly, quickly Just do Facebook. It. Uh, it's so funny. They're like, we don't know how to fix our data leak problem. So you find it. And we'll give you a $40,000 bounty right. for any data leaks you can. Yeah, but it has to be a data leak uh that actually has to be uh, a big one. Yeah, 10,000 Facebook users. Uh, the data has to be abused. Facebook uh, must not have been aware of it. I mean, there's enough rules there where they'll never pay out anything eh, come anybody. On. Yeah, give me a break. Uh, another uh, resignation from the Trump administration, Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert out. Out. Yeah, they're going out like crazy. The entire, for example, this afternoon. The entire janitorial staff is leaving. Oh, oh, no. So this has to just be because Bolton started yesterday, and obviously Bolton gets to pick people who are around him in that arena, I would say. Well, that's Homeland Security. Yeah, but still, he is kind of like the uber security guy now. National Security Advisor, yeah, maybe. So I think he may, he may maybe. have. Or, or this guy didn't want to work or in an done. administration that Bolton was. And there are plenty of. of people that bail out after a year. President Obama had one of those, or several of those. I mean, it's it is hard work to deal in that White House, and you've already established your reputation, and now you go in the private sector and you're making Boku dollars. Did I actually say Boku? You said Boku. I can't imagine I actually said Boku. When's the last time you heard anybody saying Boku? How uh, stupid about is that? 12 seconds ago. Very bad. All right, we'll take a break and uh, come back. And there's uh, Boku, Jennifer Jones Lee. I get jealous, but I'm too cool to admit it. Here we go. Uh, Handle on the news, late edition. Let's uh, quickly finish it up. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And already National Guard troops have started to move toward the border. I'm out on the border. Yep. Here they go. 1,600 of them. And this is Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico. All of their troops will go We're the odd duck out because Governor Brown still Still. hasn't indicated if he's going to send, not send, what he's going to do. Yep. He's keeping quiet. Don't you think that's odd? 
I that, think he, that all... he didn't come no. out and say we're not going to? Yes, or... that's the part that's odd, that he didn't outright say we're not doing it. You can go pound sand. Is this avoidance or tactic? Or pound dirt at the border. What? <laughs> Is this just an avoidance tactic where he doesn't, Maybe. He doesn't want to explicitly say it? He just won't ever send anybody? Well, they've already passed a sanctuary law, so what difference does it make? I mean, if they if California's a sanctuary state telling uh, the president you can go screw yourself, why wouldn't he do you, you can go screw yourself with the border? Yeah, I don't know. Don't it's know. Odd. Uh, hey, the Arizona Supreme Court said DACA recipients can't get in-state tuition. A dreams is this has been an issue in every state, especially here in California. People who are undocumented but reside in the state should they get in-state tuition. Well, and it's not an said, issue. In Arizona, they said no. Right. Well, Arizona is obviously a very different state in California. California, in-state tuition, no question about it. Preference if you're an illegal alien and getting a state job. And upon graduation, not only do you get a certificate of graduation, you also get a passport. Uh, that's California. I didn't know that. You did? Yes. I just thought I'd share that with you. Well, the last time she gave birth, she was in the House of Representatives and now a senator from Illinois has become the first U.S. senator to give birth while she was in office. And what a lady she is. Uh, Tammy Duckworth, retired Army War hero, colonel, yep. helicopter pilot, lost both her legs when her Black Hawk was shot down. Uh, went to Congress in 2013 after she retired. Uh, a retired lieutenant colonel. That's she's no amazing. small thing. No. Mm-mm. And she's taking 12 of weeks girl? of maternity leave, but she's staying in D.C. because if there's any vote, they need a vote, she will go vote. How do you say her name, the name of the little girl? Is it Mail? M-A-I-L-E? Mail Pearl? Oh, Mail Pearl? I don't know. I'd, I'd never heard that name. Interesting Beautiful. Name. Well, the daughter of the ex-Russian spy who was poisoned by that nerve agent has is out of the hospital now. The Russians love their children too. Yep. Miraculous Ripoff. Yeah, miraculous discovery. She is out. Her dad is uh, also uh, dramatically improving. And uh, the, it's this fascinating story. He was a spy for uh, in Russia, but it was it, it was a spy exchange. And he ended up back in the United States, uh, back in the United Kingdom, and then he was poisoned. But not by the Russians. Just ask Putin. Of course not. Just FYI, revenge porn can be pretty costly. Well, there's a spin here because uh, this is someone who didn't even show up to defend himself. There's a default judgment. But the plaintiff still has to show damages. And the judge obviously bought any and all damages that she claimed. And so a $6.5 million uh, judgment. Now, did you see also that this woman, who was the victim of the porn, had to copyright her breasts to get her intimate pictures off the Internet? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's because the the pictures were originally taken consensually. And there's a lot of online providers that won't take those kinds of images down unless you register a copyright. So If I surreptitiously take your picture and put it up, you can take it down no matter what. However, consensual uh, giving consent to taking photos of your breasts is very different than allowing it to go on social media. Right. Uh, a man is suing the L.A. Archdiocese. He says, this story is crazy. He says officials with the Catholic Church 
spread sex pictures of him around. Yeah, this is weird beyond weird. So he is, uh, he has a lay organization together in Christ. And uh, it's uh, somehow he has an affair or not somehow he has an affair with a woman. They find out. They have photos, and they spread it on social media. We're talking about uh, the priests, uh, members of the archdiocese. That's weird. Those are his allegations. I guess to discredit him, because I think he's got kind of a, a tough relationship with the church. and That's what he says, whether or not that actually yeah. happened. Who knows? What hey, a crazy thing. Great headline. Oh, this is fabulous. Is um, uh, uh, yes. Do you want me to just read the headline? Absolutely. Breach and Chong. Oh. Go ahead. Up in smoke. And that's exactly that's what a lawsuit alleges. Right. That legendary pot booster, Tommy Chong, made joint marketing project <laughs> profits go up in smoke. Uh, oh, very good. Uh, with his son. And uh, there was a company called Evergreen Licensing, and they spent money, and they're suing. Uh, everybody's suing everybody. Well, they're suing the Chongs. Uh, but this is, uh, this is a New York Post headline. This is one of the best ones out there. Breach and Chong. I had to put that in just for the headline. That's great. Uh, Yep, we're ready to go. We're getting out of here. All right, Tactical Tuesday with Brian Suits. Syria, what is going on? And there's lots of it. KFI AM 640. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smells like victory. We're airborne. We don't start fights. Finish him. All right. Half high handle here. And uh, good morning on a Tuesday. And still a ton of news uh, to talk about, to say the least. Michael Cohen, his office was raided. And that is that happened yesterday. And boy, there's a world to that. that it's never happened before under these circumstances. Whereas I was just talking to Brian, where they've raided a lawyer's office. Versus certainly not the personal attorney of a president. Trump said he was it was broken into by the FBI. <laughs> no, with a warrant. Sorry, it's not breaking in when you well, have a warrant. Go figure. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg uh, arrives uh, Capitol Hill today in front of the Senate. Uh, two days of uh, talking about what Facebook is all about. All right, now. Uh, Brian Suits, who, of course, is heard uh, right here Saturday and Sunday on KFI, uh, Saturday 10 to midnight, Sunday from 8 to 10. And uh, let's just go right into it. Syria. What is the president going to do? What is happening? The Russians are denying. I love the fact the Russians came in and did their, quote, own investigation. Yeah, they didn't find anything. What are you talking about, nerve gas? I know. Ah. Yeah. Terrific, isn't it? And this is, uh, like I was telling you yesterday, this is part of the setup from um, from March 20th when they pre-announced that if any nerve gas is used in Syria, it's the rebels doing it. So this, of course, is a fait accompli. It's, see, didn't we tell you this? Yeah, uh, except there was no nerve gas. No, it was chlorine. And then the other, the other loophole No, no, there, I'm saying it was, uh, no, the Russians saying there's no evidence at all of anything, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, and if there was yesterday at the UN, the, uh, the Russian ambassador said within 30 seconds of himself, um, a, there was no nerve gas or any kind of gas, and secondly, it's a false flag. Well, wait, what? So either the, so so not much of a false flag if you don't actually drop some gas somewhere. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what has happened. It's a given that uh, 
that uh, it's Duma, right? Uh, the town yeah. uh, that is uh, sort of the last stronghold or one of the last strongholds of the uh, the free Syrian army, if you will. Uh, and, and this is a really wacky Al-Qaeda-linked militia who, by the way, got on buses and left yesterday. So nerve gas, as horrific as it is, from Assad's perspective, as horrific as it is, it worked. Uh, and now he's got Putin getting his back. And so the strategic situation right now is it's 7.06 p.m. in Damascus. The sun's down, obviously. We have been doing unbroken electronic reconnaissance off the Syrian coast since this time yesterday. The Russians are doing reconnaissance on us. I was incorrect yesterday. The USS Harry Truman Carrier Group is in the Eastern Med. Um, and so that is uh, six guided missile cruisers, a, a, a total of about... 480 Tomahawk missiles can be launched simultaneously in the next eight hours. That's from the American side. Just from that How carrier about, group. Now, the Russian Not, the, not the, counting the sub. Now, the Russian side. Uh, and plus, we've announced it's a joint, whatever's going to happen is going to be a joint strike with the UK and France. And the French have a carrier there as well. The Russians have sortied uh, their Black Sea fleet in the Eastern Med. They're doing surveillance on the U.S. Navy. Um, and and so the Russians are giving the indications that, hey, this is not like last year. This year, we're going to shoot your cruise missiles down. All right. So uh, the president is clearly going to do something. I mean, this is not a guy who's just going to sit back and uh, say uh, you cross the pink line because it's certainly not a red yeah. line anymore. No one can. You know, that's off the table. So to the extent that the United States strikes uh, uh, Assad, or bases, or I, I, I'm just thinking about the presidential palace in Damascus, for all I know. Uh, do the Russians just go tit for tat? Uh, um, You mean what? You mean strike back? Yeah, exactly. Well, not strike back to them, although, yeah, does, do the Russians attack U.S. forces? We're not going to put any manned aircraft in Syrian airspace. So we're not going to shoot- give them a chance. But if we did, we have clearly, we have a, a concern that there would be a causus belli, that there would be a, a reason for, they could call it self-defense legitimately, but they're not going to shoot at American ships, but when we launch cruise missiles, they're going to attempt to shoot every one of them down, well, which is why the Israelis showed us two nights ago, if you shower them with cruise missiles and they shoot eight down, who cares, 40 hit their target. And that's, I assume, going to happen. Where would... The president uh, shoot uh, these uh, cruise missiles. Uh, what would be the targets? There's a couple different targets in the mountains between the Mediterranean and the flat part of Syria uh, that are uh, uh, suspected Iranian, uh, if if not chemical weapon factories, then storage places. And, of course, the, the danger in hitting a chemical weapon dump is that you release a bunch of chemical weapons and you just disproved your own point. Unless you pulverize it, unless oh, it becomes— It has uh, to be incinerated. Right. Yeah, there was a documentary about that. Remember when those rogue Marines took over Alcatraz in 1997 or 96? No. The I Rock? I don't remember. I know what The Rock is. I know yeah. what Alcatraz is, Alcatraz, well, but anyway, I don't remember the documentary. I'm referencing a movie. I can't, uh, okay. I can't do that to you. Like, no, it's you it's a great movie, Sean Connery. And so, um, uh, yeah, they have to incinerate the stuff. But the thing is, that's not what tomahawks do. Tomahawks go bluey. They do an airburst bluey. How good is the intelligence uh, that the United States has? And I'm assuming they share it with Israel. I'm assuming they share it with all of our allies. Yeah. In terms of uh, potential targets in Syria. It's phenomenal. It's real-time phone calls, real-time translation, things like that. And so probably dumps of chemical weapons or storage places are probably off the target list. But very this time, extremely high-value command and control nodes 
and things like that are probably on the list because last year a, a disused airfield, a barely used airfield, didn't make a point. But this year, if you kill a couple field marshals in the next eight hours, and 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 the danger here is the Russians might pre-plant their own people, um, you know, and just tell us, by the way, you can't hit here, here, or here, because um, that's their countermeasure, and it's a pretty good countermeasure. As, as I told you yesterday, the Israelis have that deconfliction with Moscow where they just say, okay, three hours from now we're hitting this one place. And so the reports are on Sunday night that Russians literally quietly slipped away from that base, the T-4 air base that was hit in Syria. So that's your, that's your canary in the coal mine. If you look around and there's no more Russians at the base you're in in Syria, you might want to think about checking out early. Now, do they share that in the Russians? Do they share that information with their allies, no. the Syrians? No, that's when you're allies with the Russians, that's how it works. Just ask the polls. It's a one-way street because the Iranians lost some pretty high-ranking people. And they're t- calling Putin going, hey, a heads up would have been nice. We would have at least called these guys and said, get under a desk or something. But you just you just skive off. You just drive off the base and leave our guys without any heads up. So now they know. Now every Syrian and Iranian and Hezbollah guy know uh, that if you look around and you don't see any Russians, probably time to dig a hole. It's like Passover. Yeah. If you see that red blood over the uh, uh, over the doorway, you get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, in terms of targets, last time around when uh, the president unleashed the target against that one air base, that was sort of inconsequential. Are you looking this time at seeing some real targets that do some real damage? Yeah, they, they have to hit because, you know, Syria is run by a minority of a minority. The Alawites, which is an offshoot of Shia Islam, rule over a country that's 90 percent Sunni. And when they lose people, they feel it really hard. Like they're, They fly the fighter planes, not the helicopters. They drive the ships. They're all, they're all the generals and field marshals. When they lose a, a handful of people, those families feel it really, really hard. And they call right up to Bashar Assad and say, thanks, a-hole. That was my favorite uncle, you know, or, or whatever. And, and so the, the infrastructure that runs the country is going to be the target this time. And that, that's why the Russians this time might actually break a sweat and, and try to defend the Syrians. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, let's switch gears and talk about North Korea and uh, the summit and uh, the definition of denuclearization. Looks like Kim Jong-un is actually using that word. And also coming up after the break, your chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have bleeding gums, obviously that's hugely disgusting. Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. Call 888-640. I was about to say 640 uh, gums, but it's not. Uh, 888-640-SMILE. All right, Jennifer. Gotta raise a little here it is a uh, tuesday april the 10th uh first of all here is here's a, a chance for you to win some cash your shot at one thousand dollars now text the keyword cash to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and messaging rates apply that's cash to 200 200 the winner's notified by a phone call and you have to answer the call to win Brenda Serrano in San Bernardino did, and she's $1,000 richer. Your next chance to win next hour. All right, some of the big stories that were, <clears throat> excuse me, covering uh, the gender wage gap ruling. Federal appeals court said employers cannot base a new worker's pay on past salary. And that's fairly big news. Mark Zuckerberg in front of the Senate, Capitol Hill today. Two days. He's going to be answering questions about uh, Facebook. All right, back we go to uh, Brian Suits, or with Brian Suits, 
Ryan heard uh, every Saturday and Sunday here on KFI, nine uh, or 10 to midnight on uh, Saturday, 8 to 10 on Sunday. All right, Brian, it looks like the president, uh, the first one in, well, forever, is going to sit down with uh, one of the Kims, Kim Jong-un, and talk about denuclearization as well as, I guess, they're not going to talk about normalizing relations, are they? There's the on button. That would be after. That's our condition is that's after denuclearization. But what does denuclearization mean to you when you hear that word in English? Uh, it means uh, to denuclearize, get rid of nukes. Yeah, right. Well, in Korean, in North Korean specifically, their whole reasoning here is, well, this implies that we have nuclear weapons to begin with. So we have a green light to get them. And when we get them, we're not going to get rid of them. Denuclearization to them means that they they get a warhead that can re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. They have to have a viable weapon, and then they'll promise not to use it. That is that is their goal line for denuclearization. And when they reach that, then you suddenly open up the the you know the, your wallet and, and help them. Our idea is, no, no, you dismantle your entire nuclear and missile program. The North Koreans have never said that. They've never said, well, let's talk about us absolutely wasting all the, the, the two generations and 25 years that it took to get these. Their idea of denuclearization is, first of all, perfecting nuclear weapons and then promising not to use them. Now, that's going to happen anyway. Uh, it's sort of a given because if the most important thing that Kim Jong-un wants, more important than anything else, is to create the nuclear weapons. Yeah. Uh, and so why don't we simply accept the fact that they are a nuclear power and deal with that? That the simplest solution would be to say you you be you, but you must sign a peace treaty with South Korea and end the ceasefire and the conflict that's been going on since since June of 1950. It's still a ceasefire, so sign a peace treaty, and then you're not going. to, Of course, you won't object when we re redeploy nuclear weapons to South Korea, just as a guarantee that you'll never use their nukes. Uh, and because South Korea said, hey, they're not for South Korea, Russia, China, or Japan. It's just for the U.S. And we would say, then you won't have any problem with us redeploying nuclear weapons to South Korea. That that would be an end of it um, from a you know, justifiable standpoint. The North Koreans would be happy uh, and all that. But uh, the North Koreans want everything out of this. They want to be bribed into uh, our definition of denuclearization. And there's almost no price that they would accept to stop their... Uh, their program well, to and put that's, and that's the point. nuclear missiles. And that's the point. So the only alternative is to, in fact, deal with them as a real country. Yeah. Uh, because we deal with plenty of other countries that we would uh, consider rogue countries. Pakistan has nukes. You know, India has nukes. And that's the thing. Is The problem is Clinton said they're not going to have nukes. Bush said they're not going to have nukes. Obama said they're not going to have nukes. Now Trump has said they're not going to have nukes. A succession of presidents have said they're not going to have nukes. And in English, that means you're not going to have nukes. If you suddenly say, well, we're going to accept the Korean language definition of denuclearization, which is where you have them, but you promise not to use them. All right. So with the presidents going uh, all the way back saying there are going to be no nukes, no nukes, no nukes, and they're going forward and doing it anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a pyrrhic argument. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and also, by the way, as a heads up, as we know, Kim Jong-un hates it when he's not in the news in the U.S., Right now, the only thing in the news, foreign policy-wise, is Syria. 
And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's a, a, a missile test later on today. So how closely, He hates this crap. Yeah, how closely do the North Koreans follow the news? I mean, to the point where... Real time. Uh, is it uh, watching Fox and Friends? Literally, yeah, in real time. In, in absolute real time. They're watching the news cycle. Kim Jong-un speaks, speaks English, uh, reads English when he wants to. So yeah, they're, they're, they pay close attention. Just real quickly, I don't know if you know the question, if you know the answer here. How, how good is his English? It is pretty good. He went to he went to a middle school and high school in Switzerland that was taught in English uh, and French. And so his schoolmates say he's fine. He watched the NBA. Uh, he watched the satellite feed of the NBA. Uh, the, the guy speaks. Uh, he, he understands and he speaks English. Uh, does he have any connection? And, or Rodman is sitting there with him. Half the time they're speaking in English. And the other half, I didn't know Rodman spoke spoke Korean. Well, no. Obviously, Can you understand Dennis Rodman? Yeah, no. He needs a translator, not. and so that's why that guy's sitting there. Does Kim Jong Un uh, still keep in touch with those people he went to school with? Do you happen to have any idea? Um, it's assumed that he did. He made many close friends. Of course, they officially couldn't know who he was, but he was the guy who had the bodyguards all around Switzerland, so they they knew who he was. Uh, and then he he and his father, his late father, they used to have Mexican passports. And that's how they would fly around Europe. So, yep, the assumption is that he's in touch with these very wealthy kids who are now wealthy adults uh, that he went to high school with. Got it. All They're right. bros, man. I understand. I don't even know how to say that. Let's go Korea. bird dog the chicks. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Brian. Always good stuff. Uh, coming up, op- opioids are causing more than just addiction issues. Oh, no, it's gone way beyond that. This is KFI. Handle here and uh, the morning crew. On a uh, Tuesday, uh, some of the stories that we are covering, uh, Syria, big news with Syria, expecting the president to make a decision as to what he is going to do with uh, Syria striking back. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, on the way to Capitol Hill today to talk about uh, Facebook and its issues. All right. We uh, have, and all of us know about this, have talked about uh, the opioid problem and uh, the opioid epidemic. And that, of course, is uh, the uh, overdoses, how many people have died, and it has reached uh, absolutely staggering proportions. There are now more opioid deaths, uh, I think car accidents and gun deaths. I mean, it's really crazy stuff. Well, there's another side of uh, the opioid epidemic, and that is uh, the diseases that are being spread because uh, a lot of uh, the opioid in uh, the, the overdose is injection. It's not just pills that are going down. So you've got hepatitis, HIV. Uh, there is a problem, uh, these drug-fueled infections. And now you have a, t- a critical mass of top doctors and health officials and policymakers uh, that are really upset about this. So there was a recent National Drug Abuse and Heroin Summit in Atlanta. And uh, the bottom line uh, was that experts uh, have universally said uh, that disease is threatening not only drug users, but the entire population because people get involved with drug users. And it's hitting especially hard in Kentucky and Indiana and rural states. I mean, the, if you look at uh, the stories, it's always these rural little communities that have this unbelievable number of uh, drug addicts, heroin users, uh, opioid users relative to the population. 
Dr. Nora Volkov, or Volko, director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, said, if you don't do anything, this is a ticking time bomb. Now, I think we can contain it, but we have to move rapidly to do this. So uh, several fronts are being attacked here. Lawmakers, state and national level, all introducing legislation. Federal health officials uh, issuing guidance on detecting, responding to outbreaks. We're talking about disease now. Uh, doctors are calling for a whole lot more disease testing, treatment, education, uh, preventative measures like as needle exchanges. You would think that needle exchanges today wouldn't be controversial anymore. And they still are. Because you, ha- you have these rural little uh, areas where you have local sheriffs, for example. And we're talking about a, a pretty conservative view of uh, life. And uh, in terms of how they deal with drug, it's all punishment. And, of course, uh, if you talk about needle exchanges, all that does is make it easier for drug abusers. That's all it is. It really doesn't matter if it saves lives or not because that's not the issue. Uh, Let's pivot away from that and start talking about how we have to punish people and make sure that uh, if we make it as hard as possible to do drugs, that's the answer. And so there is all of that going on. And more and more people shooting up, okay? Hepatitis C infections uh, have tripled. U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. uh, In 2010, there were 850 of these. In 2015, there were 2,400. And that acknowledges that liver disease is vastly underreported. Could be 10 times that much. Oh, here's a stat for you. Hep C. Kills 20,000 Americans every year. And that's more than any other infectious disease reported to the CDC. Now, you've seen those commercials about the cure for hep C. And it's 99.99% and it's a cure. What they don't tell you, it's $20,000 to obtain the drugs. Or more. I mean, there are drugs out there that are $50,000 a go. For a course of uh, the drug use. So how about this? HIV. uh, A decade long decline. Well, that's on the rise. Uh, 3,400 infections among among IV drug users who have HIV in 2016. And the largest outbreak ever to hit rural America was Scott County, Indiana. 230 people. Uh, I'll tell you who, and by the way, relative to the population, that is a ton. Uh, Austin has a population of 4,200, and its HIV rate is comparable to countries in Africa. It's that bad. So, where is this hitting? Well, back to uh, these rural areas, 220 counties. Uh, The CDC has identified vulnerable. Kentucky has the most, 54 counties, as well as the highest rate of acute uh, hep C infections. And that's over seven years. They now have over 1,000 cases. Also, let's not forget uh, hep A, hep B, uh, endocarditis. I mean, this is a god-awful mess. So how do we deal with this? Well, like anything else, you deal with the homeless, right? You throw money at it, 
you deal with it in terms of education. You deal with it in terms of services. Uh, you deal with it in terms of drug rehab centers, all of which are hideously expensive. We talked about this earlier, and that is the programs that used to happen uh, that that happen now or that are offered now never existed 20, 30 years ago. There weren't that many people. I mean, I grew up in super small town America. I grew up 20 minutes outside of Reading. I mean, really little. And there were tons of drugs. I mean, it was usually pot all over the place. But Reading has become just this hotbed of meth and pot and whatever it happens to be. Did they have any drug rehab centers back then? Maybe one that was downtown. And uh, so, again, if you lived out in the boonies like I did, you weren't going 25 minutes into town to get any help. And, I mean, it was just, it was more common than not to have drugs and stuff at a regular high school party. And that's just be, and, and I'm not defending small town America, but back in the day, it was, there was nothing else to do. Not that I did, but I'm just saying it was just other there. Than, other than get high. I never got high in high school. Oh, interesting. I just drank. And I, <laughs> and I did nothing but get high in high school. So, and I was in marching band. The whole marching band was high. We all used to smoke uh, marijuana. You should see when we did the formations. It was, it was worse than the Stanford marching band <laughs> when I went to high school. All right. Uh, no, I shouldn't up. say that. I think I did twice. Oh, I, I, or I, I tried it twice. I, yeah, it but way. you didn't inhale. Of right, course not. Right, right. All right. Now, we've all heard of fake news, right? How many people have heard of fake pee? What? Precisely. <laughs> fake pee is not fake news. I'll share that with you uh, as we finish up the show. Uh, This is KFI. All right, as we finish the show, handle on a uh, Tuesday. It is April the 10th before Gary and Shannon show up. And, of course, I take handle on the law phone calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. All right. Uh, fake pee is not fake news. I mean, it is real. Well, not the pee part. Uh, it is real as to the fact it is here. And uh, here is uh, what it's about. Uh, it's about simply cheating drug exams. And they're trying to figure out uh, how do you do that? And uh, you've done this, uh, or if you ever have uh, a drug exam, you're on probation, you're trying to get a job, and you know uh, that you've uh, smoked the evil herb or you have uh, you're violating a, some kind of a court order or simply trying to you know just getting a, a drug test at work. So uh, people have tried to cheat these drug exams forever uh, using other people's urine here pee in this, uh, attempting to flush their system with gallons of water. that doesn't work. Uh, using herbal remedies, that doesn't work. Uh, but other using other people's urine, that works unless you get caught. So uh, here is something, and until I started doing the research, I didn't even know this existed. Fake urine sells from about 17 to 40 bucks. You can buy it in head, shock, uh, head shops and truck stops on the Internet, and it's made from chemicals, not urine. It's just straight-out chemicals that fake urine. Goes by names like Monkey Whiz. I wonder who gets paid to come up with these names. You pass. And it's just a way to sidestep uh, all these screening exams. 
Now, 18 states make it illegal to sell or use any of these products on a drug test, but it's only 18 states. Uh, Mississippi last year uh, passed a bill, and I love this. It was dubbed uh, the Urine Trouble Act. (laughs) Clever. Why not? Uh, Now, everybody laughed, of course, uh, in the legislature, but the sponsors and the people that testified in uh, favor of this said there's a real problem here. You have truck drivers, people who operate heavy machinery. Uh, They use this synthetic liquid to uh, thwart a drug test easily thwarting a drug test, potentially creating public risk. Now, if you're, uh, let's say you're working for a company where public safety isn't an issue, okay, not the end of the world. If you're on probation and you fail a drug test, you get tossed back into jail for a period of time, uh, that's not the end of the world. But if you're talking about truck drivers, if you're talking about people that use machinery, that's a problem. So Mississippi uh, State uh, Representative Willie Bailey, this is an example. There was a hearing in Jackson, held up a bottle with that stuff and said, yeah, it looked like sweet and low with uh, Colin Powell saying just this much of uh, anthrax could kill everybody. Well, not quite. I just, uh, it was funny. Uh, anyway, he said the substance has been a hot seller in truck stops across the country. They can't even keep it in stock. And here's the problem. Companies across the country are having uh, trouble finding workers who can pass drug tests. The Federal Reserve, uh, they have something called a beige book, uh, and it's a survey of economic activity. And part of it is asking manufacturers about hiring experienced or qualified workers. And manufacturers are reporting like crazy that they're having a hard time fighting this. And what's the motivation to cheat on these drug tests? Well, how about this? Your livelihood is at stake. Your ability to stay out of jail is at stake. I mean, big time. Now, there's one side story to this that I have to share with you. One of the tests that is absolute when it comes to drug testing is, of course, a blood test. That you can't fake. Also, uh, the hair test. Hair testing also works. You can tell if drugs are in the system. Now, uh, that hair testing has actually been challenged in court. And who is challenging this test? I love this. A group of black Boston police officers. And you think, why would cops challenge a hair test for drugs? Well, The Boston uh, police officers, the black Boston police officers are saying that the test is discriminatory because the texture of African-American hair makes it more likely to yield yield false positives. Just just weird stories. So uh, bottom line is uh, if you can get it, you can fake it. Fake pee. Did you even know that existed, by the way, chemically induced fake pee? Yes, unfortunately. I did a story about that uh, 15 years ago, I think. It's oh, it was been around. Even the chemicals? Yeah. Just the chemical itself without using other people's urine or any mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And it comes with, uh, depending on how you do it, it can come with a fake uh, pee dispenser, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So that when someone is physically watching you, which is often the case, too, when, you're, when you, you have ha- to give a sample, you can pull out a fake 
penis. You know, pee dispenser. Oh. Uh, so that it looks normal. Make sure that you get the right shade and then, uh, yeah. it, you know, fill your vial of fake, See, uh, fake I did, urine. I didn't know that. I didn't know the chemicals do this. Also, I love the instructions on some of them. Uh, how to put it in the microwave uh, oven and at what uh, temperature, yes. you know, yeah. and for how long. Right. Well, you because, know, it's the same thing with baby's milk or formula or something where yeah. you got to test it on your hand right. or your, your you, you inside want, of your wrist. Yeah, you want it at room temperature. Sure. Okay, or body temperature, right? Ninety-eight point six. All right, what's going on today, Gary? Well, we're going to do the latest on the uh, the Michael Cohen raid, the information that they're looking for, because a couple of new things have come out. We know the uh, the uh, U.S. attorney for that area has recused himself to get out of this, uh, so he's out of the way of it. Also, there are at least two payments that uh, the FBI agents are apparently looking into, not just the Stormy Daniels payment of one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Also, the window for some sort of an attack we're looking at possibly has opened up in Syria because it's nighttime over there in Damascus. And then Mark Zuckerberg makes his big appearance on Capitol Hill, the first of two days of testimony. Yeah, two days of I'm sorry, singing I'm sorry for two straight days. Don't know if it's true, but I heard a rumor that he's actually been paying clinical psychologists to teach him how to appear more human. I don't think it's much of a rumor. I, I believe that I would one. totally believe it. Right. The guy's a, a robot. Yeah, to say the least. All right. Uh, that's uh, Gary and Shannon coming up. With Brian Suits. Brian is co-hosting with yes. you. Yes. Excellent. And then uh, I'm taking handle on the law questions this morning. Call 877-520-1150. Marginal legal advice off the air. I'm going to do it for an hour, uh, starting right after Gary and Shannon start. Uh, so, you know, not that I'm telling you all of you to call, but uh, all of you call who need a uh, bit of marginal legal advice. Am I actually telling people not to listen to you? No, because I think you, do you hear, do you hear our show on hold? I think you do. Maybe. Yeah, I think you do. 877-520-1150. Gary, have a good show. Thank you, sir. And I'll see you tomorrow with the morning crew. This is Handel and the morning crew, KFI AM 640.